Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And Caroline, on the podcast, we have talked a lot about sex. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So let's bring them both together for pregnancy sex. Okay. And if there are guys out there like my roommate, they just went, ew. A lot of people have a bad reaction to pregnancy sex. Well, it might, because it, it doesn't necessarily go together in our brain because we we have sex to get pregnant, but then after that, we don't think about having more sex. Yeah. And also, if you think about it too, like, uh, <laughs> um, in, once you are pretty full term with a baby, it might not seem like there's a lot of room to have sex. Yeah, or that it's safe or comfortable. Yeah, like what if, like, could you poke a baby if you're having sex? Just to say, hey. (laughs) Hey, baby, you awake? So let's talk about pregnancy sex. Can you have it? The answer, spoiler alert, yes, you can. Yeah. Um. It's safe. It's perfectly safe. That's for low-risk pregnancies, we should say. It's perfectly safe. Unfortunately, a lot of this confusion about, like, is it safe? When should you do it? When should you not do it? Is because there there really is kind of a lack of guidelines and information out there for, for pregnant people. Yeah, I was very surprised to find that it was only in February of 2011 that uh, there was a primer on pregnancy sex published for the first time. This was in the Canadian Medical Association Journal because of that dearth of information about it. And they found that by tracking women who were pregnant and had different kinds of like low-risk pregnancies and some had higher-risk pregnancies and tracking the different kinds of sexual activity that they had, they concluded that uh, a lot of our fears about having sex while you're pregnant were really... uh, for no reason. Yeah. And I do realize that I said pregnant people earlier. Women are people. Um, so uh, Crystal Chan, who's the co-author of this study that uh, that Kristen mentioned, talks about different stages of pregnancy and, and what might feel good and when you might not really feel sexy. Because your sex drive and your libido do fluctuate during your uh, your three trimesters. Yeah, it pretty much looks like a bell curve because during the first trimester, you are getting morning sickness, you're fatigued, you're nauseated. I don't know about you, Caroline, that does not sound like sexy times to me. No. But come the second trimester, <laughs> wow, watch out because not only are you more lubricated, you also have increased blood flow to the genitals and engorgement. Yeah. Your body is ready to have sex. And I have talked to uh, friends who have been pregnant before and they can attest to being very, very randy during pregnancy. Well, so that's got to be unfortunate, though, if you're in your second trimester and you are feeling kind of randy, but your partner is too afraid to have sex with you. Well, we can now dispel some fears, that's perhaps. right. That is pregnancy right. Pregnancy sex for all, unless it's your third trimester. <laughs> in which case, there's some weight gain and back pain going on, so you really might just feel uncomfortable and, you know, might not really be in the mood that much. But... According to the Mayo Clinic, as long as your pregnancy is proceeding normally, you can have all the sex you want because it will not cause a miscarriage. 
Yeah, uh, and for people who might be nervous that you could harm the fetus by having intercourse during pregnancy, the fetus is very protected by amniotic fluid in the uterus and on top of that, a mucus plug that blocks the cervix. It has been described as a pillow surrounded by another pillow by Dr. Dania Salaski over at WebMD. And a lot of times once, especially it's, it's usually the men who are a little more concerned about, uh, their penis poking the baby. And uh, yeah, a lot of times once they hear about all of the, the swaddling, the, the internal pillowness. swaddling. Yes. The pillowness of it all. It usually puts them a little bit more at ease. Right, but so some of this uh, misinformation or lack of information has led to some interesting uh, interesting medical advice. This is from a Time article on the topic. Um, one Italian doctor said that she advises women to avoid orgasm because the uterine contractions could lead to labor. And she said, I tell patients they can have sex as much as they want as long as they don't enjoy it. Right, but that's actually a huge myth. Um, that's right. Because the uterine contractions that might be stimulated by an orgasm are different from labor contractions. Right, and so having an orgasm while you're pregnant doesn't increase the risk of premature labor. So we can just put that one to rest. But what about positions? Surely... You know, there are some sexual positions that might be better than better for baby than others. Yeah, uh, most are OK. Uh, they uh, this is from Mayo Clinic. They, they suggest that you try lying next to your partner, maybe spooning or on top. Ask men even suggested that you maybe have your your partner sit in a chair and you sit in his lap. Try it that way, because actually there is one position that is that does start to have some complications. Yeah, missionary. Yeah. Looks like if you're pregnant and you want to have sex, you got to spice it up a little <laughs> bit because uh, having sex while uh, with a pregnant woman on her back might not be so great because it increases the like the weight of the growing uterus will put pressure on major blood vessels and it could cause supine hypotensive syndrome that could lead to a change in heart rate and blood pressure and dizziness. Yeah, so make a make a chair handy for you guys. Um now oral sex. What about oral sex? That's safe, right? Well, mostly unless your partner blows air into your vagina in which case, oh my god, I I never knew this, but a burst of air actually could block a blood vessel causing an air embolism. Yeah, and that could be life-threatening, not only for the fetus, but also for the mother. So oral sex, you know, that's okay, but no... No blowing. No blowing. Anal sex, though, this might be off the table, just to be on the safe side, because A, pregnancy-related hemorrhoids could make it uncomfortable, and it could also allow infection-causing bacteria to spread from the rectum to the vagina. Uh, it's not a guarantee, and it's not saying that you will necessarily hurt the baby, but just, again, to be... On the safe side, you might want to just steer clear of anal sex. Right. And there's a question about condoms. You know, do you need to use a condom? Well, you should always use a condom if your partner does have a sexually transmitted infection. But there is that whole discussion about, you know, for, for two committed partners in a relationship who they are, you know, they know that they don't have a sexually transmitted infection. It's like, woo, we can have sex with no birth control. But to be safe. 
you want to wear a condom during pregnancy because uh, STIs could increase the risk of infections that can end up affecting your pregnancy and the fetus's health. Yeah, and there is a myth out there that once you get pregnant, you can't contract an STI or an STD, and that is totally false, uh, which is why this condom conversation comes up to begin with. So it sounds like, you know, we can go for it. Maybe no, maybe no anal sex, and mm-hmm. perhaps no, keep the missionary position limited, especially as the pregnancy progresses. So, yeah, we can do everything, right? Uh, unless. Unless what? Unless there are a couple conditions. This is also coming from the Mayo Clinic. So, it is not safe. Pregnancy sex is not safe if you're at risk for preterm labor, if you have unexplained vaginal bleeding or you're lacking amniotic fluid, or if your cervix begins to open prematurely, your placenta partly or completely covers your cervical opening. And this last one is known as placenta previa, which puts the mother at risk of hemorrhaging. Yeah, a lot of times in those situations, A, uh, you will want to consult your doctor. And a lot of times doctors will say maybe no to intercourse. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that oral sex would be off the table if, for instance, uh, intercourse is a no-go, not to make myself some kind of pregnancy sex therapist for a minute. And if you are having sex while you're pregnant and you notice bleeding or a foul-smelling discharge, it could be the sign of an infection that could travel up the uterus. So again, check in with your doctor if that's going on. Yeah, definitely safe than sorry. Yeah. Safe than sorry. But really with the finding, the major takeaway from that study that was published in the Canadian Medical Journal in 2011 is that more than we have ever acknowledged in the past, sex during pregnancy is generally fine. Yeah. I mean, as long as you find a comfortable, safe position Mm -hmm. with your partner, go for it. Yeah. And you have a low risk pregnancy. Of course, it's always talk to your doctor. You should be checking in with with the doc or the nurse practitioner. Yeah, we do not wear lab coats here. No, that's for sure. Now, all right, so we're talking about sex during pregnancy. What What's this thing about sex or uh, pregnancy, I mean, being an aphrodisiac? Yeah, during the second trimester, you know, we mentioned that the women's libido tends to skyrocket. But what about guys? For some men... And I bet for some men listening, pregnancy is a turn on. There, I said it. Yeah. It, there, there are certain things that really draw men to pregnant ladies. According to uh, sex educator Logan Levkoff, this was in an article on CNN, she said there is something about being pregnant that gives you this sense of confidence being in your own skin. There is something about owning that and owning your body and people pick up on that. Yeah, then they go on to say, a voracious appetite for food translates to an appetite for other things, life in general, and of course, sex. They make pregnancy sound so cosmopolitan, don't I they? I know. All of a sudden, you're out there on Ferris wheels and swinging around, throwing your hat up in the air like Mary Tyler Moore. Moo-moos have never looked so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, you've also heard about the pregnancy glow. And I, I don't know, I don't know, pregnant women out there, were you glowing? Uh, this could be just more of the projecting confidence thing. Like, hey, I'm growing a person inside of me. You know, like I'm growing this little fetus that's going to, you know, pop out and be my baby. That's that's a pretty impressive thing for your body to do, right? 
Yeah, I mean, my body's never done that. It seems impressive to me. Uh, Sharon Cook over at CNN talked to some fellows to try to get to the bottom of this. And they cited, yeah, the glow that you're talking about. Obviously, breast engorgement. Your boobs tend to get bigger. And supposedly, men are quote-unquote wired to scan for signs of Fertility, And so a pregnant woman always brings out an odd mix of physical attraction and desire to be protective, she writes, even if it is not that person's fetus inside of a woman, that there's still something that supposedly is, is sparked, perhaps to the point of being a fetish. Yeah, and I mean, what a better sign of fertility than, you know, actually being pregnant. Right. I think it's a pretty good sign. Yeah. Now, there's also this idea that uh, mom's hormones can affect dad's hormones and that this creates a bonding situation. Uh, neuropsychiatrist Luann Brizendine uh, put it out there that pregnant women's pheromones suppress testosterone levels in their male partners and in turn increase the men's production of prolactin. This leads to, quote-unquote, daddy brain and bonds the father to the mother, supposedly. Yeah, and there have been uh, a number of cross-cultural studies that have confirmed that men who have kids and specifically who spend time with their children do have lower levels of testosterone in their saliva and uh, increased levels of prolactin, that bonding hormone compared to childless single men. But when it comes to that attraction of, say, like a guy who's walking through a grocery store, sees a pregnant woman, a woman and is aroused by that, that that has nothing to do with right. this kind of physiological response. And in fact, a study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine in 2011 looked into what might possibly cause that arousal, specifically in heterosexual guys toward pregnant women. And this was conducted by some Italian researchers. And they found a correlation, at least, caveat, correlation, causation, ahead. Uh, They found that men who had been exposed the longest to their moms who were pregnant or breastfeeding were the most uh, titillated by pregnant women. Right. They did find that the preference for pregnant and breastfeeding women was more common in men who had younger siblings. And this is sort of like uh, the sibling would have to be within five years younger than them because that's your that's your really like sensitive period to, you know, developmentally. When wise. you're when you're Freudian sexual imprinting supposedly happens. Right. So, I mean, if your partner has younger siblings, hubba hubba, he might really find you very sexy. Yeah. If you're a guy who comes, is the oldest from a large family, I'm I'm going to be very curious to hear if, if that is anecdotally confirmed. And I'm also curious with this whole pregnancy fetish thing. Uh, not surprisingly, a lot of this is focused just on guys and anecdotally. I do know of guy friends who have expressed similar interest in uh, in pregnant women. Do they do they say what it? Do they explain anything behind it? It is. Uh, it's generally it's the thing. I mean, it's not a ton of guys. It's only like probably like two or three that I can think of at the top of my head that I've had a conversation with about it. But they normally explain it as 
there's no possible way that they could impregnate that person. So it's completely, in a reproductive sense, mm-hmm. safe sex. Okay. I don't know. But I also don't know. I'm now thinking. I don't I don't know what their, their sibling lineup is. Maybe that had something to do with it. But I also wonder, too, though, if in same-sex populations, if this happens, if, if some lesbians out there are also attracted to pregnant women. I bet there's a pregnancy glow attractiveness that happens. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Babbel.com had, had a nice little funny slideshow of stock photos over on their website, kind of going over uh, why your man would be super attracted to you during your pregnancy. And, you know, number one, he feels like a man. He's proud that you're carrying his child. He likes your new curves. You can try all those new sex positions that we mentioned. And he wants to touch you more. And I I thought this was the best slash weirdest statement ever as far as he wants to touch you more. Quote, he can't deny your doe eyes when you ask for intimate services like back rubs and foot massages. Now, wouldn't you assume that perhaps the pregnancy was preceded by said lack of denial for said intimate services? Intimate services. Yeah, and they mentioned the whole no birth control thing, your glow. Again, there's that glow. Maybe we should do a podcast on the pregnancy glow. Yeah. And can you get it without being pregnant? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, I use blush that gives me a nice... (laughs) Some bronzer? (laughs) Yeah, so that's how we single ladies get our glow. <laughs> There's also your raging hormones, which equals second, sexy time. Second trimester, watch out. Yeah, but okay, so what else is there? Your skin supposedly gets softer. You're bonded because you're planning on being parents together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that's an incredible process to go th- to go through. Um, and uh, this was also mentioned from that CNN article, your confidence and your grace of saying, hey, you know what? I am I'm a woman with a growing child side of me. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I do know a lot of uh, friends who have had babies who would disagree with the grace thing. Because eventually there just comes a point, like my poor friend Jessica, eventually there just comes a point where you just feel like, get this out of me. I am hot and uncomfortable and swollen. So maybe if if you have felt graceful during your pregnancy, I would like to hear that story. Yeah, imagining being being pregnant in the dead of summer. Ooh, my mother was. She threatened to kill people uh, if she didn't get some air conditioning. So she's a a hot lady. But I bet she threatened... Gracefully. <laughs> in, in her very uh, southern lady kind of way, yes. <laughs> but the great news is, though, with all of the information that we have just doled out about more of the mechanics of sex, arousal around sex, except maybe in like the, you know, the morning sickness phase and toward the latter end of the third trimester, uh, it sounds all good. Like, Apparently, you're giving off sexy vibes. You're feeling sexy vibes. Is pregnancy the sexiest nine months of your life? I don't know. I think it's time to ask listeners. Can pregnancy sex happen? Does it happen? When were the times when you were like, absolutely not? Don't do this. And guys out there, are pregnant women just mysteriously, or not so mysteriously, attractive? Do you walk up to pregnant women in the grocery store? You ask pregnant women on dates. 
That that was one story in some article about a guy who walked up to that woman and asked her to go to a, or watch a soccer game or something. Yeah, go watch the World Cup. Yeah, just ignore the wedding ring, why don't you? Jeez, whatever. So let us know all of your pregnancy sex stories. Well, I mean, you know, the, the cl- <laughs> you know the drill. Momstuff <laughs> at discovery.com is where you can send them. And before we jump into listener mail, I've got a quick word from Netflix.com, which brought us our Stuff Mom Never Told You episode today. For a limited time, listeners of Stuff Mom Never Told You can head over to Netflix for a free 30-day trial. If they go to netflix.com slash mom, that's netflix.com slash mom, you can get a free 30-day trial and check out their vast library of TVs and movies that you can stream instantly on your computer and enjoy. And speaking of movies that you can stream instantly, we recommend, since we were talking about pregnancy-related stuff, how about the movie Raising Arizona? There's a fun title for you. Just curl up on the couch with Raising Arizona. And of course, if you're not into Raising Arizona, if you've already seen it, you can choose from thousands of more titles. Just go to netflix.com slash mom and sign up for your free 30-day trial. Titles are subject to availability. So don't wait around. Head on over netflix.com slash mom. And now back to our listener mail. Okay, Patrick uh, has a little anecdote about our punk rock show. Um, he says that, uh, as I listened to the punk rock episode, I could not help but think of my cousin Joanna. She attended Evergreen State in the early 90s and worked at K Records later. I sent her a link to the show to ask her about it. Her response came via text message, and I, as the reader of this message, will translate. Um, he said that his cousin Johanna said... They did a good job. Oh, thank you, Johanna. <laughs> I heard about a lot of that initial zine band stuff while living in Olympia, though it was just before I moved there. The familiar names are Beth Ditto, a friend, Carrie Brownstein, an acquaintance, Ladyfest, I volunteered at the first one, and K Records. That's where I worked, but they got sort of pushed out of the movement when Toby Vale broke up with the label owner. So thank you for sending us your story. And I've got an email here from Lana in response to our episode about femphobia. She writes, I have a bad habit that was especially prevalent when I was younger that I will call fem dismissal. I wouldn't say it was a criticism or phobia of the feminine, but rather just a complete dismissal of any women who choose fancy clothes and lots of makeup. To me, these women skate by on their looks and don't really have anything to add. I don't think I have any malicious feelings about them, just apathetic dismissal. Of course, this is bad, but a habit I still struggle with. However, maybe consider this. Part of my dismissal comes from body image issues. The lack of confidence in my body makes it easy for me to say, you don't dress like that because you are a smart, successful woman instead of an airhead. You mentioned in the podcast that once again, it all seems to come back to how women look. An endless cycle of overlapping and confusing concepts to everyone. You assume that a woman who is very feminine must be vacuous, or you are secretly jealous, but it's easier to criticize. Or do you really just not like lipstick because it makes your lips feel waxy and funny, or are you just too ashamed of your body to care? It's exhausting analysis indeed. And I think that those, all of those issues do tend to overlap. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you are looking at a woman and without even talking to her, assuming that based on her high heels and the color of her hair, that she doesn't have anything between your ears, you got a problem. 
enough with the femme dismissal and femphobia. And find your confidence. All right, that's what I have to say. Uh, stuff at discovery.com is where you can send your letters. And you can find us on Facebook. Head over there. You can like us, leave a comment. Or you can tweet us at momstuffpodcast. You can tumble with us, too, over at stuffmomnevertoldyou.tumblr.com. And if you'd like to get smarter during the week, I highly recommend you head to our website. It's howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 